Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Blog <laughs> hey, Talk Radio. Yeah. Be log because we belong. Yeah, we be logging in here, right? Yeah. Blog. <laughs> Blog. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. Kaylin Patterson. Yeah. He's like Carruthers. The other Carruthers. Yeah. Of the uh, Carruthers. The other one. Carruthers. <laughs> <laughs> and this program is own son. People be my school. Number one grocery foundation in all of the world, internationally known to rock a microphone. Yeah. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> and if you are a drug-free athlete looking for a solid foundation to stand on and a vehicle to drive your goals, like what was wrong? Like a Mack truck through ice cream. Made with snickerdoodle flavoring to make it oh so scrumptious. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate swirl. <laughs> chocolate swirl. Maybe chocolate swirl. Anywho, <laughs> check us out at com. And now let's chit chat with a banter. Hello, Desiree. Hey. Hello, hello, hello. So, listener land, you just heard our O'Kellano Patterson reference chocolate squirrel. Well, please, someone please out there ask him to explain what that means. Oh, no. Just please, just do me a little favor. Just do me a little favor because if you ask, he will have to answer. It's been too long. So, please, someone. I don't care care who it is. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't care who it is. Somebody ask. Who asked? Who asked? No, oh, That's what I want to know. Oh, who, who just who just asked? Oh, not that. No. That's a terrible story to share on the air. That's awful. <laughs> what story? Oh, Talk with world? Yeah. You know what happened. Evidently oh. Evidently you're remembering the chocolate squirrel differently than I am. The one that ran across the road. Did did we hit it? Yes. That's not that's not that's not how I'm remembering chocolates. You must have been me. driving then when we hit the squirrel. I you know so here's what's happening. We were driving to Pennsylvania, right? And uh, we were going to Earl Snyder's show out there, and out. I do not remember hitting a little fluffy squirrel. And if we did, why on earth would we tag it as a chocolate squirrel? No, no. Okay, here's the thing. You missed him. On the way back, I got him. Oh. Oh. Are we sure it was the same squirrel? No. I'm sure it wasn't. But it was a... No. 
Uh, it could not be. If it was, the odds are just, uh, I don't even want to count. It's just miraculous. We don't want to talk about it. We All right. The well, I We missed the possum. We must have just been dodging animals left and right then on that trip, and I must have been. And and you missed all of them, and I think I hit each and every one except for the possum. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I don't – what was I doing? Because I don't recall that at all. Sleeping. You woke up (sighs) when we hit him, and I just chose not to share. (laughs) What was that? Nothing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Nothing. See, that's what I'm remembering is just the avoidance, the avoidance where you were like on one topic and then all of a sudden you were another like squirrel, squirrel. And then, and then I don't know, the chocolate squirrel. And then, you know what? This story just does not have the same impact now because now it's sad and it's lingering on. And I'm just sorry, folks. I guess my memory of the event is not what it should have been. I, I guess we uh, I guess we best just be moving on. I guess we best yeah. just be moving on. Moving on. And so and move on we shall because we have a highly excitable, fantastic guest for tonight. And she is ready to give you the best show that P for P Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin has ever done. So I hope Never. you all are ready. Brandon, are you ready? I mean, I, I, I've been ready before this squirrel got hit by a car, but. <laughs> <laughs> and now we just deflated you. So pump yourself back up. Get ready, because, folks, we have PNBAs. Brand, and I, you know, I can't even just tag him as PNBAs, but we have Brandon Lirio on. And last year he was like the classic physique bodybuilder of the world. Of the world, we're going yeah. to get to that part of the story. But now, Brandon, pump yourself up, introduce yourself to Listenerland, and let's rock and roll. Well, for, for those of you who don't know, as much as I can pump myself up, I'm only five foot five, so I, I'm really I'm pumped at a at a moderate height. It's it's as tall as I know. I've already tried, you know. So, but um, yeah, so I guess I I always like to start at least when I do interviews like this from the beginning because everybody wants to know how I got started. But, exactly. uh, you know, I'm an Air Force veteran of uh, 11 years. I served from 2006 to a little bit yeah. over my enlistment time of 2016, so about 10 and a half years. But um, I basically got started because my dad, when I was much younger, used to have bodybuilding magazines, and he was a big comic book fan. So, you know, I would look at all these physiques, and I would be like, man, you know, that that's crazy. I'd like to look like that one day. But I never really wanted to compete. I never was into fitness. I never was into sports. I didn't, I, as much as I'm, uh, you know, a thicker guy now, but I'm still 5'5", five five, everybody asked me, oh, did you, did you wrestle in college? I was like, man, I'm lucky I even went to college. I had a 1.8 GPA when I graduated high school. I'm, I'm lucky sports existed around me in a school setting, let alone played sports. Um, so I, I didn't do anything until I joined the military, and then I was, you know, I was at Keesler Air Force Base, Mississippi, and for anybody that knows American history, especially meteorology, which is what uh, my career field was, Katrina went through um, Keesler Air Force Base in 2015. So the sum of things to do at Keesler Air Force Base, Mississippi in 2016 was zero things to do other than get drunk, and I was underage at the time. So I asked a buddy of mine to take me to the gym, kind of show me around. Shout out to Dom Briz. 
Um, and that's kind of where it started. I, I used to have a terrible anxiety problem and, you know, my, my hormones were all out of whack in terms of giving me all these serotonin and dopamine imbalances where, you know, I would have really bad panic attacks and I wouldn't eat for a couple days at a time and working out kind of balanced those out for me. So after that, I went to Scott Air Force Base, Illinois. And again, I worked out just recreationally. And then I went to the Mecca of bodybuilding, California, when I was stationed at Vandenberg Air Force Base, where I uh, got my specialty in heliophysics. And I did my first show in 2012 at the Orange County Muscle Classic in Culver City. And uh, the, the best story from that show, because I was way too small and didn't know what I was doing, and you know anybody that wants to see the original posing photos can just go on my Facebook page and go to my initial show album. But I, I cast my wife with my arm by accident, who was just my girlfriend at the time. And uh, I, I bumped her with my elbow and <laughs> stained her shirt. And she was so mad at me. And so that was pretty much the most memorable thing that came out of it, other than the next day when she asked me, you know, uh, is this something you'd like to do again? And I said, you know, I don't know if this is for me, man. I just, I don't think I'm really competitive at, at this. And I just, I don't know if I'll do another show. And here we are a couple of years later, and uh, from last year, I held the world title, the universe title, and the Olympia title all at the same time. So um, I, I really got started. I got started, though, in, in natural bodybuilding with the PMBA when I went to Chicago, um, uh, Mike Newman yep. and um, Doug Randolph's show um, in Chicago. Yep. And then um, a couple of years later, I went back there and took the North American title for Classic Physique. And then since then, I basically owned at one point in time um, the North American title, the Asia Pacific title, the Universe title, um, the World title, the Olympia title, and um, you know, basically the only the only place I don't own a title in is going to be uh, my home state of uh, Connecticut, and then uh, where I was born in New York. It's probably the only two titles I don't have. But um, that's that's pretty much how it got started for me, and now I own my own company helping out other people. Um, big shout out to battleground fitness. And, um, that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. It's just, uh, you know, me trying to help other people in the same way that I found fitness to empower me. And, and it's worked for you, my brother. I mean, I, we've met, uh, I was at the, the, the Mike uh, Newman and then Doug Randolph and they, they were really energized, but you really brought the, the wood at that show. Um, especially at the North American. One of the things I, I love is that your personality transcends the stage, but it also is very complimentary of it as well. And I know Larry Montgomery had nothing but good things to say about you because he said he considered you like a brother because you just engage people in that fashion. Is that something that was military-bound? Is that something that your dad just basically instilled at you from your youth? I mean, you know, that's a really good question because it brings up, like, two things that I like to tell people, not just about bodybuilding, but about really your identity as a person. You know, we learn a lot of different things when it comes to not just leadership, but, you know, personal values as it relates to your job or your military profession or, you know, wherever you decide to go professionally, you, you can learn things. But the one thing about bodybuilding that I've learned is that, if you go to a show and you go there like these people are your enemy, even if you win, it has this value to it that it's sort of – there was a negative connotation for you being there in the first place. You know, I never really understood the point of going there and seeing these people who went through 
the exact same struggles, the exact same annoyances as it relates to, you know, carb depletion and, you know, not being able to go out when you're on prep and all this other stuff is people who didn't understand what it meant to you to win. I think that if anything, these are the only people in the history of the world that are ever going to understand what you're going through. And for that, you really want to build a relationship with these people so that you can all essentially commiserate, but at the same time, because you're all trying to achieve the same goal and you all know what it's like to be in this fight for I I'm always excited when I see people get exactly what they want. You know, that that's really why I watch game shows. It's why I, I like watching bodybuilding shows because I want to see people ascend to what their ultimate goal, their entire life has been. So to kind of tell people backstage or to not be friendly to other people because you feel you've done more than them. I mean, it's almost an insult to them because if you want to stand next to those people, don't you want to stand next to the best in the business? Shouldn't you want them to be at their best? So, you know, to try and tell them they didn't deserve it or they didn't do that work is, I feel like it's, it's cheapening your progression in your career as well as taking a, a really major milestone thing away from other people trying to attain the same goal. And amen to that, and we will say amen again. But before I get too carried away with my amens on that thought, I need to take us back a step because we've got several listeners who are wondering what titles are in Connecticut in New York that you would <laughs> that you don't have in addition to everything that you do have. Well, I actually host two shows here. One of them is June 29th at the Little Theater in Manchester, Um, That one's going to be just the New England Naturals. It's a pro qualifier and a qualifier for um, the Natural Olympia, as well as um, Nationals is here in the exact same location in September on the 21st. Usually it's in October. We shifted it a little bit earlier this year so that we could accommodate the World Cup and uh, the guys trying to travel to the Olympia. But in the last couple years, you know, we've had people come from Australia. Um, I've got people flying in from South Dakota, California, Florida this time around. Um, and, you know, we've seen a lot of major stars that go from here to the Olympia stage. So if anybody's in the tri-state area, I recommend um, the show up in, I believe it's Rochester, New York. Um, there's another show up there that's been running for a couple of years, and then the two that we have here in the state of Connecticut, which is the New England Naturals and then the Nationals. All right. And those are your shows. So are you also a promoter as well, or you just help host those shows? I mean, there's not a whole lot in natural bodybuilding I haven't done. Um, I am a promoter for both the shows here in Connecticut. I've also um, I had wow. the the two shows, um, and then uh, New York's actually run um, by a, a different promoter as well as New Jersey. Shout out to Mark Toriello down in New Jersey, um, and then uh, Leif Anderson who's up in New York. And, um, mm-hmm. but I also, I now write for Iron Man magazine. Um, I have a recurring column that happens in Iron Man magazine. First issue is going to drop here next month. So everybody should pick that up. Yep. Nice. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot I haven't done in, in bodybuilding at this point in the last couple of years, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, that's exciting. And I'm glad that that came out. So I guess, Kaylin, that's just one more area we're going to have to get to eventually and check out these shows. So uh, good to note, good to note. All right. Yep. Well, I know you've been to New York, but I don't think either of us have been to Connecticut. Have you been to Connecticut? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) To compete? No. 
No. <laughs> well, that's why bad. I asked the question. Is this not a huh? Story? Are you trying to make me feel bad? It's not a squirrel story. Jeez. No, wow. no, no. I'm Brutal. just trying to clarify here. I'm just trying to clarify here. All right, we're moving on. We're not getting lost in a sad story anymore. All right, this next question is going to be from Brent. He says there's a, that uh, you hold a lot of titles. How did you feel winning Bodybuilder of the Year? Oh, wow. So somebody, somebody followed my career. Um, yeah, back in, uh, what was it, 2017, um, I did nine shows back-to-back. Uh, I would also want to preface this by saying nobody should do this. Um, in the same respect, shout out to Ken Ross from Australia, who happens to do that every year and still do it. Big ups to you, bro, because I did it one year and I was like, this is a terrible mistake. Um, going, you know, to all these shows back to back, because in that same year, we went to Seoul, Korea, um, Brisbane, Australia, Auckland, New Zealand, Chicago twice. Um, we went to the World Cup in California, Las Vegas twice. Um, you know, to be named the athlete of the year back in 2017 was, it was such a surprise that I had food in my mouth when they called my name, because it was one of those things where I do this because I I like it. I do it because it's my identity. I do it because, you know, it's, I want to, every time somebody says to me, you know, Hey, I, I saw you. In fact, at North Americans that year, that's, um, um, you know, Kalen was at that show. There was a guy backstage who came up to me and said, Hey, you know, I was in the crowd last year when you did classic physique here. And the only reason I'm competing yep. today is because I saw you and I said, I want to do that. And That's right. that meant more to me than winning, to be honest with you. Like that was, yeah, that was huge for me. So to be named, you know, athlete of the year in that same year was, it was almost, I didn't even know that something like that would be possible in my career because, you know, you, you have this weird view of yourself. You know, you start from a strange area of, of a really what I would consider it used to be a niche sport that a lot of people don't understand. And really we're just trying to make a name for ourselves in terms of our work ethic, not really in terms of our titles. At least that's the way you should look at it. So to have somebody of an independent nature be like, this is the guy that we want to represent what encompasses a true athlete in our division and in our federation was, I mean, I can't even describe it. The only thing that tops it was, you know, when I got to stand on the top spot at the Olympia this year. So I appreciate the question, Brent, and um, hopefully I'll see you holding that plaque here in the next couple of years. All right. And there you have it. Sid wants to know, um, how do you balance competing so much with family and career? This is an awesome question uh, because having coached so many people, the the first time you guys ever compete, it's going to seem like it's not possible. It really is. And the first time anybody preps, it's a, it's a, a second, it's a part-time job. And nobody should be able to tell you it's not because it's sort of like you figuring out how to – survive on your own when you go to college the first time you know you really don't have any oversight you you have to kind of figure it out yourself and as much as training you know you should have a good coach again I'm going to preface that by saying if you're a first timer please even if it's somebody who's relatively new to the game get yourself a coach because you're going to screw up your first peak week guaranteed Um, the, (laughs) the main thing that I see is that people wonder 
you know, can I really do this and still have a second identity? And the answer is yes. I really don't have a huge issue anymore, but that's because my family and my home life has already signed on to this being my big identity. So it's not necessarily how I juggle it. If there's a day during prep when I feel like crap, you know, my family has to kind of understand, oh, he's been working to the bone this week. He just needs a day to recharge. We'll, we'll try and hook up with him tomorrow. Um, but they, 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 the, the strange piece is that it's not their job to do that. They're not required to do that. And we as fitness competitors have to understand the frustration of our family and our support structure when they don't. Um, it's not their job to support us, and if it's, it's not something that they truly want to support, we as the competitor have to be okay with it. It's our aspiration. Um, it's the same amount of work ethic if I wanted to be a lawyer as if I want to be a bodybuilder. Sometimes I can't go out partying. I can't go out and eat with you guys. I, I can't go to every single function because I'm, I'm on diet or I'm training or I have to save my money for the travel. But it would be the same thing if I was trying to become the best lawyer in the tri-state area. I have to study for the bar. I have to, you know, study my depositions to make sure that I'm good in court. You have to do a lot of these things to be successful. So you want a support structure in a family that's going to support you because it's your passion, not because it's bodybuilding, not because it's becoming a doctor, not because it's becoming a lawyer, or not because it's becoming a garbage man. Not All of those things are on equal footing if they're your passion. You need to find a balance of your support structure and your family's ability to be able to support you because it's what makes you happy. And once you find that balance, not every day is, you know, a walk in the park. A lot of times you're tired or the day sucks or your week seems to drag on or it goes super quick and you're wondering if you have enough time to really get ready for the contest. Your support structure should understand all of that because they understand your passion and your drive. Take bodybuilding out of it. And just make it about, look, this is what I want to do and I want to be successful at this thing that I love so much. And if they're truly supportive, then they'll want you to be successful because it makes you happy. And if they're not, if it's your friends, then you kind of have to understand, did they only want me there because I'm commiserating, because I can drink with them and we both hate our job and we can talk about that? Or are they there because they truly want to see me succeed? At my first show in Chicago, my friends Jeremy and Tiffany drove uh, you know, something like 26 hours from the state of Connecticut to surprise me at my first show where I went pro um, in uh, in Chicago at the Illinois State in 2016. Um, I didn't know they were going to be there. My buddy Jeremy, who I've been friends with since the second grade, hates bodybuilding, does not interest him whatsoever. And, you know, his wife is the same way. They like fitness, but it's not really about bodybuilding for them. But they drove that way because they wanted to see me happy and see me succeed. So when when you ask yourself, hey, how do I balance life and my job and competing, keep the right people around you, but also keep the right mindset. Remember, it's not their job to support you at every single juncture. But they should understand that when they do, it's because this is your passion. Yes. Amen to that as well. Kaylin, did you have something you wanted to add to that? I, no, it's a lot of what we talk about, you know, when, it, when they say, it, you know, bodybuilding isn't for everybody, but it is something that people can engage in. And if we go about it correctly, then the support can be there. And, you know, we we have our part to do. And I think that's a lot of things that we're missing because, you know, we, we get so mind-driven at tunnel vision sometimes that we forget 
the other people that are involved in our lives, and we don't have to forsake them to keep hold of the thing we love, our passion. And if we're as passionate about it, you know, we can realize that other people don't have to be. Because I, I, I mean, I've got plenty of clients that I tell all the time that, you know, I'm so driven so you can be normal. And they kind of look at me funny, but I said sometimes you need a fanatic in your atmosphere to basically bring you into a normal state of being of health and fitness. And I'll take that because I'm a little crazy and not, I, I'm not ashamed of it. Well, you know what's funny too, especially since he asked about balance, is the view on bodybuilding as a whole is being a, a sport of sacrifice. Now, having served mm-hmm. and having lost a lot of my friends in you know, I wish I could say I lost a lot of my friends in combat, but that's not necessarily the truth. I lost a lot more to, um, you know, intra-service or post-service suicide than I have combat. But the real sacrifice comes from people who can't spend the holidays with their family or who can't be there to see their kid being born. You know, what we do in bodybuilding, I'm, I'm very middle of the road. I'm a realist. You not being able to eat a cheeseburger on a Wednesday because you have to wait till Saturday when you're supposed to have your cheat meal is not sacrifice. It's a personal choice because that's what it takes to be the best in your chosen field. But it's not really a sacrifice. You know, uh, I think that a lot of the eating problems and a lot of the obesity problems in the United States stem from this idea that saying no to certain types of food every single day is sacrifice. It's not. It's a balance of diet and that the if you go out with people – and they just so happen to meet at a Ruby Tuesdays, you don't have to eat the Ruby Tuesdays to enjoy their company. Their company is the memory. The memory you're making is the, ba- the balance and bounds of people that you are, you know, wanting to spend time with. These, uh, you know, connections that you make with people because you love them is the memory, and that is the overall goal of being with people. The food is just a forethought. Uh, you know, it's sitting in front of me, so I should eat it. Or I know I'm going to Ruby Tuesday, so what should I eat? You don't have to eat that stuff. The memory is really why you're there. You want to experience them, not the food. The food is just a, a background noise, you know? Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm going to piggyback that because, uh, you know, with the talk about being in the service, it, as bad as it was, you know, being overseas, they basically had to put our base on restriction because when we came back, we had lost so many. And that kind of floored me because, you know, for me, it was the understanding that we made it. That was the success story, that we had so many that did live through through the combat. And for the base to suddenly be put on, you know, restriction, counselors coming in from three different bases. I think we even had some come from uh, the different states for for counseling that weren't even really set in the practice just to find out, you know, what's going on and why so many had taken their lives. And when you contrast that to basically not eating because you choose not to, it was hard to see it as anything other than choosing not to eat certain foods because you didn't, you chose not to. I love that point of balance. And that understanding that life is a little bit bigger than a, a, a burger or a brat. And so I've always kept that into perspective, and I, I never let it consume me or get to the point where I couldn't look at a friend as a friend because he decided to bring a box of Krispy Kremes he got donated from some uh, raffle or something like that. So, you know, I, I love that point. 
And I that was one of the things that would deter me in the past from competing because it seemed like everything was a big complaint. And I've spoken about that on the on the show before, but, you know, it just seemed like if you're suffering this bad, why would you do it? Because I never had any other sport where I had so many people that were unhappy doing the thing that they love. And I was like, if you love it, then is it really that bad not to have, you know, that, that donut when everybody else is having it? And why it had to be a big blast on Facebook because you chose not to do so. I mean, because it is a choice of what we do and how we go about living. I choose not to smoke, and I don't think I should be applauded for that. This is something that I choose not to do. I choose not to do drugs. I mean, I, I don't think I need to post stamp that and hashtag it every time that I'm, I'm you know, I choose to go another day without uh, drugs in my system. I, and, you know, the fact that I, I used, used to drink, I, I don't think that people should have to, you know, tap me on my shoulder and, and give me some kind of uh, massage to let me know, hey, you're doing everything you're not supposed to be doing because you chose not to do so. So, you know, I, I, I really love that point of balance. And when you contrast it to what's really going on in the world, it's small potatoes. And, and it's it's something that we need to adjust if we're going to be able to engage and bring others into the fold to understand about health and fitness. Because it is a, a part of our lives, but it shouldn't be the all-consuming part of it that would keep us from, you know, gaining and keeping friends. That's right. Well, I think you two have covered that point and not having been in the military, it's not that I can exactly commiserate as it's been called, but you know, I definitely get the point and I'm and and I do agree that this sport is a choice and everything that goes yeah. along with it is a choice, and we choose to do it, and we've always said when it no longer becomes fun or it is not enjoyable for you, then it's not something you should do anymore, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, definitely perspective is the key word here, but I also wonder that, you know, Brandon, having a wife that also likes to get in the gym and throw around weights, if that doesn't also make it a little bit easier, or does that just add to the craziness of your lifestyle as well? You know, I will say this because that question comes up a lot when it comes to like, hey, is it easier or harder to have two people? And, you know, I will say this. There are times when if you're both, you know, on that mess where you're just having a bad day and you just you can't seem to get things right and everything seems to be going wrong, you know, yeah, you might snap at each other. and But I also see the, the strangeness of trying to say, well, I know this and you know this, so we both know what's, you know what's up right now, and that makes it easier. It almost cheapens the other person's ability to feel a little bit annoyed. You know, it's almost like, hey, I've been where you are, so you can't talk to me that way. Like, no, no it's okay that you're annoyed today because I've been there and I know that if somebody told me, hey, you're not allowed to be annoyed today. This is your job. I'd want to punch him in the throat. So it's not that it's any easier or harder. You know, she goes through her career and, and her choices the same way that I did. And my job as her spouse and my, you know, my thought process is be there to support her. It's easier for me to know when to support her and when to back off. But again, your, your, your energy and your um, support and your ability to understand when you guys are not in sync at that exact moment is really the most valuable piece. 
I could have no idea what it means to compete and still know, like, ooh, she, ooh she's on that you know, on that pedestal today, and just like I am looking at things in a negative light. As her spouse, I have to say to myself, all right, look, I'm here to support her, and she's clearly in a bad light. How do I try to support her to let her know, hey, you know, I'm here. I understand that you're in a bad mood, even if I don't understand why. And then, look, whether you're male or female, I, I think that there comes a time when it's like, look, I'm so annoyed right now that I don't want to talk about it. So maybe come back later with the help. You know what I mean? So I don't think it makes it mm-hmm. harder or easier. I think that my wife and I um, were two whole people who came together at the right points in our lives to make a good couple who support each other in their passions. And I think that a lot of times people will look for their other half, quote unquote, and they'll kind of miss the point that, you know, if you're looking for the other person to complete you, you're not really 100% sure what you are in the first place. So how do you complete a photo that you haven't completed yourself? So it really, it just helps the fact that we understand where our, our, how the other one fights and how the other one chooses to unwind and how, the other, how long the other one needs to kind of release themselves and relax. Um, that's more helpful than anything else. But, you know, yeah, I would say there are times when if both of us are in peak week, um, especially now this being her second full year competing in my fourth, <laughs> you know, it gets to a point where we, we kind of understand a little bit better how to handle it ourselves before we come to somebody else and, and try to give them any kind of attitude or anything like that. Gotcha. And, and, you know, and I think that's a good perspective because Kaylin and I get a lot of questions um, from our listeners because uh, – a majority of our listeners are not natural bodybuilders, but they either just love the sport or they love an athlete that's out there. And so they're all looking for ways to just, you know, the best way to be supportive or to help, you know, enhance that person's life. And I like what you said about you may not understand while they're not having a good day, but if you understand them, then you can help, you know, you're still in a good position to be able to support them in some way, shape, or form, even if you're not sure why they're having their bad day. So, I mean, I think that's good to note. Um, Our next question is from Bill, and he's asking, with uh, Peter and Cliff having their book release happening, does he, do do you feel like this will boost natural bodybuilding even more, or do coaches make that a big factor in in athletes staying natural? So we're talking about – Dr. Peter Fitchson and Cliff Wilson, they yep. have their bodybuilding yep. book that has come out. So do you think this is going to boost natural bodybuilding even more? Or um, or are the coaches the ones that are going to be that driving force behind the athletes sticking well, with the Well, I want to start, too, by saying uh, me, Pete, Peter Fitchson, um, I actually I used to do a really small podcast when I lived in Germany, and Peter was one of the first people to agree to be one of my guests. Um, and then I've met Cliff multiple times backstage and had a chance to talk to him at length. So, um, you know, huge shout out to those guys for anybody listening. They just released their book, the complete, um, guide to prep. You can get it on Amazon. Yep. I, I would definitely buy it. These are two of the guys that know exactly what they're talking about. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to grad school here soon for kinesiology and I hope one day that I'll tap into the information that these guys have. But, um, so I, I will say this. I don't really think it's it's a line between um, coaches and competitors and who's going to 
you know, reinvigorate bodybuilding and natural bodybuilding. And I'll, I'll start with by saying this. The reason I started by saying that it used to be a niche sport is this. In the 80s and the early 90s, you know, it, you really couldn't go to a normal gym and say, hey, I met Jay Cutler or I met Dorian Yates or I met Serge Newbert or I met, you know, any of these guys from the golden era or even the era of the math monsters and people would know what you were talking about. There's a good 50 to 60% chance now that if you were walking around and you said a name like Jay Cutler or Phil Heath or, you know, uh, Sean, Sean Roden to an extent, he's a pretty quiet guy. But anybody that's allowed on social media, um, there's a relative good amount of, of a chance that people are going to know who you're talking about. You can go to any supermarket in the United States and pick up a bodybuilding magazine. You can go to any fitness expo and it will be loaded with bodybuilders, even if it's a functional fitness expo. You can go on most CrossFit websites and there'll be somebody that said they got started in fitness as it relates to bodybuilding. Um, even, you know, uh, a, a huge powerlifting voice right now in um, Lane Norton, he got his start in natural bodybuilding and he talks about it at length in his old podcast and in his old YouTube videos. Um, the problem is this, and I, I, I always come under flack when we talk about bodybuilding as a whole, because while I think that it is a huge risk, the guys who compete in the NPC and the IFBB are not evil. And a lot of times you'll see on social media, the natural bodybuilder that's trying to do this the way that I did it will go out there and be like, gross, disgusting. These guys are cheaters. Look, the bottom line is they compete in the IFBB, and the IFBB does not have rules against that. So first of all, you going on there and blasting them is just rude. It doesn't make them cheaters. It just makes you an asshole. Second of all, the problem is that we're trying to separate the ideas between who's going to reinvigorate bodybuilding. I hate to tell you guys this, but what reinvigorates bodybuilding is big crap. So whether it be a coach or an athlete, the people who really reinvigorate natural bodybuilding – are spectators who are willing to vote with their dollar. And the only people who are going to vote with their dollar in terms of being bigger crowds are the people who are spending money on tickets to go see NPC shows and then quietly under their breath going, oh, gross, I don't know why anyone would want to look like that. Well, then why are you there? If you really want to see natural athletes, go support the natural athletes. And again, I am 100% PNBA to my bone. And I think that they are the best natural federation. But if you want to go see an INBF show, go see an INBF show. See what is a level of competitiveness in your physique without needing enhancement. Um, I, I don't think that it's the athletes or the coaches that are going to do that. When a person stands on stage, even if they're the only person in their division, the major deciding factor is how loud is that room? Who's cheering for me? When I take that photo, how many people are like, I knew you were going to win, man. I, I knew it from the very get-go. If there's nobody in the crowd, that's really where it comes down to people going like, is this really worth it? You know, outside of the paychecks and the money, the reason why rappers go to shows is because of the fame. There's a reason why when you say, why do you do something, most, most athletes and, and uh, musicians say the fame and fortune, and fame comes first, is because it's a human nature to be really, you know, relatively vapid and want success. And success, you know, quietly comes in the form of your bank account, but really loudly comes in the form of fans and adoration. And while some people can stay humble and be like, look, I don't think I'm any better than these people, it's still really nice 
for people to recognize your ability to be really good at what you do. So for anybody that's listening to this, if you really want to vote, vote with your dollar. Go see the shows that you want to support and that under your breath will make you go, see, this is what makes me proud of this sport. This is why I come here. Not, ugh, why do I even come here? And again, I'm not talking mess about any of the guys in the IFBB or the NPC, but if that's how you feel, then go to a local show. Go to a natural show. Come see me at the Natural Olympia and be like, hey, I think your hamstrings look a little watery. And I'll go, all right, well, at least you paid for the ticket to get in, you know? <laughs> no doubt. And, no, and you know what? That is, folks, if you wanted real talk, that is 100% real talk. And that, I mean, and that is a lot of what Kaylin and I have been saying for a long time. Maybe not in those words, but go and support. If you say that you love natural bodybuilding, you love a natural bodybuilder, then go support it. Check out the shows. Go. Not just give, you know, a little lip service accolade on social media because you happen to see their post and you click like without even really reading it, but go support the sport. If that's where your heart is, if you think that's where your head is, then go support it. And if it's not, then there's options to support other things. And we've not said anything different, but go support it. Go support the Natty Nation, really. If you're listening to this show because natural bodybuilding intrigues you, then go check it out for real. I mean, you really won't understand anything we're talking about if you haven't been to a show. I mean, you've got head knowledge of it, but you won't have heart knowledge of it until you've seen it. I like that. And that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Hey, I like it. All right. Sounds good. All right, here we go. This next one is from Dale. He says, it seems like your community of naturals is quite a tight and supportive group. I'm really surprised that it is still seen as underground as it is. Dale, you and me both, brother. And that's something else that we talk a lot about. <laughs> why why it's still virtually an unknown. And, and really, it is. It is. I mean, when you look at market saturation between you know, and we just have to split it up between enhanced and non-enhanced. The world understands enhanced bodybuilding far more than they do the opportunity with natural. I mean, and that's that's just the way it is, unfortunately, for well, the moment. Um, I, I actually would love to touch on that because one of the main things that I think is very interesting, too, is that we're all fighting for the same, and by we, I mean I'm stepping into my role as a promoter and as a you know team captain for Team USA – we're all fighting for the same pool of non-enhanced athletes, right? The, the, the main thing is yes. that in the naturals, right, the spread of athletes is spread between what I would consider probably five major organizations between the ANBF, yes. the INBF, the WBFF, the INBA, PMBA, and the OCB. Um, there's a lot of other offshoots. I'm not trying to discount any of them like the SNBF or – um, you know, any of the local offshoots that are trying to find um, a, a head federation to file under. Really, the problem, though, is that there's only two, maybe three, non-tested federations. And you have the NPC, um, the Inspire Sports League, and then there is a uh, – the, the PCA, which actually is pretty big in England, um, is – I think they've done a couple shows in the United States. I could be wrong, but – In any case, the major thing that I see and that I hear between athlete pools is this. The money is in the NPC. So let's talk money for a minute. If you really want to talk green, let's talk that, right? 
seven times winning that $300,000 pot that everybody's going for. So let's say hypothetically you're the new guy on the block. Everybody says you're going to be the best and you're aiming for that top spot. The odds of you as a, the, the greatest genetic freak in history going up in an athlete pool and becoming the next Phil Heath is fairly low. I think it would be easy to say less than a percent. But let's talk the natural division. If you were to take the same pool that's spread between those five major federations, your odds of being able to work toward being the best in the world, it kind of expands as time goes on if you know what you're doing and have the right knowledge base. It has nothing to do with the inclusion of drug protocols or, you know, the ever-changing division rules as it relates to weight versus height. It really has to do with, look, if you understand exercise physiology and kinesiology, hard work will get you percentage increases of your ability to ever touch those titles. Now, is that a bad or a good thing? I would say good because what I'm doing is if I'm good enough, I may be increasing my ability, and this is coming from the guy holding the classic physique title. I increased it from a half of a percent to like to make sure that I peak at the right five-minute increment on stage against the best natural guys on the planet who may have been doing it for 10 more years than me and know exactly how and when to peak and also have the muscle density and the exercise physiology knowledge and the knowledge on their stress factors to be able to go, well, my car broke down, but you know what? I'm going to deal with that when I get home. i got to win a title right now. You don't have that kind of knowledge when you're 22, right? So even if I was the best at 22 and that happened, my cortisol is going to spike. I'm going to look watery. I'm going to lose my peak, and I'm going to lose. So when we're talking about percentage of increases, we're talking about minor, minor, minor percentage of increases. But your ability to win – and be the best at what you do is honed on your ability to understand how you work and how best to pose your body and your knowledge on what works best in hypertrophy and on season and off season. Again, I'm not discounting the guys who don't do that, but if you're really talking about aiming for that money, ask yourself a very serious question. If you're 29, What is your possible availability, even as a genetic freak, to be able to walk up to Phil Heath and go, I'm going to beat you next year? It's probably just about as low as it is of walking up to anybody like Mike Waddington or Rob Terry or Justin Figara or any of these guys, or me for that, you know, that, and go, hey, I just started last year. I know I'm 32, but I'm coming for your title next year. I hope you do and I will stand right next to you and shake your hand because you're a true athlete. Money, this isn't really about money. It's about what you can do with your physical nature to be the best at what you do, whether it's enhanced or not. So ask yourself what the possibility of me being the best at what I do is. And if you can say good or bad, I mean, really, that's what matters. It isn't really about enhanced or not. It's about us spreading the athlete pool so wide between the five federations. So, You know, if I could say one thing on this phone call, I've actually spoken to a lot of the heads of these different federations. I would hope that one day the head of the OCB and Kent Beerley at the ANBF and, you know, the head of the INBA, or I'm sorry, the uh, INBF 
and the WBFF can come together and say, look, let's make a major federation because we're all trying to get this piece of, of our pie instead of all surviving as one sport. And I think that what's really choking natural bodybuilding right now is everybody's inability to just come together and say, look, I think we'll survive and actually profit a lot greater. And really what this sport is about is the benefit of the athletes, that the athletes will benefit a lot more if we pool our our resources and pool our competitiveness and say, look, we are now the natural bodybuilding community. And it doesn't matter what the letters are or the numbers are. We are here to supply the athletes with a possibility to be the best at what they do naturally because that's the way they want to stay. There you have it. Kalen, thoughts? Yeah, I've I've always – I I definitely can go with what he's saying, but I always looked at it from a a college, a playoff platform where you keep your your organization like the ACC, the Big Ten, the Pac-10 – and then you just come together at the end and you say it's because it's not like, he, like Brandon's saying, it's not your champion. These are natural athletes. If they're coming from an organization as the best representative for the win at that show, then so be it. But let's find a way to get the best on stage at the same time. Because the athletes, if we're going to say the athletes come first, then it can't be my athlete because you're not – giving them the credit and just do of their work. You're saying basically that you put them on that platform and you can't take that credit. You have to see the athlete as the athlete. And if we're going to do it in that way, then you say this person has won the most at our organization and this is the one that we're going to be putting as the best on stage for this big time show. And if we can come with that understanding that the athlete truly is coming first, then then this big stage show can happen. And it doesn't have to be under any organizational banner. It just has to be under the format of supporting, being supported by every uh, big-time organization. And we do have the upper – go ahead. I I do want to – just before I forget, I I do – I did forget at first. I'm really sorry, guys. Obviously, the IPE and their pro version of the WPA is also one of the major federations now in the United States. I know that. Um, Philip Ricardo competes for both us and them. And I know that they're trying to do that, as well as Denny Kekos from the PNBA, who has always said, we don't bar athletes from other federations. And I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said, look, even if it was, let's say, five shows a year where you take your federation card and come as the best of your federation in that division and come and compete, at least it says to athletes, oh, this is all one pool. So it doesn't really matter how I get into natural bodybuilding. I'm just going to pick the shows closest to me, or I'm going to pick the judges pool that makes the most sense for my division. And then I'm hoping one day to go to the PNBA, you know, Federations Cup or something like that. You know what I mean? And I I think that even if, like you said, if you keep your Federation letters and you keep your Federation heading, no problem. But I really would like to see someday us stop being like, well, PMBA is going to win. They're, they're, they're going to take over and everybody else is going to drown. I don't want to see that as much as the heads of that federation don't want to see that. I would just like to see people hold hands and go, look, we're walking toward what we would consider the same goal, which is the spread 
of natural bodybuilding and the understanding that you can make a living and you can have a potential career in this sport. Yep, and I think you hit the nail on the head of that exactly, and it does have to be about the sport as a whole. And this debate has been going on for a long time, and we are starting to see baby steps where you are starting to see promoters that aren't necessarily flying under any one banner, but they are just promoting natural bodybuilding. Now, whether or not that's actually going to take hold, I don't know. That's yet to be seen, but that's something that wasn't there before. So definitely the idea of unifying natural bodybuilding to where it is more opportunistic for the athletes and it will have a stronger pedestal to stand on and to promote from, I mean, it's it's bubbling. It's in its infancy. It'll be interesting to see where it goes over the next several years. Um, but with that being said, we got to move on to a few more questions because we're running out of time. So before we get to the last question I have on my roster, I want to talk a little bit more about Team USA, how that works in the PNBA at the Olympia. Let's talk about international competition a little bit, and we have to say just a little bit because we've got under 10 minutes, but you've been on several international stages. You are a uh, co-captain of Team USA, so just kind of give us your perspective of international competition, Team USA, how you get there, and what it means to you to be helping to uh, lead that charge. Well, what I will say is this. If you are on the fence about deciding to compete far away or close to home, choose far away every time, even if it takes you a little bit to save up. Um, you know, when you when you sleep in your own bed, wake up, eat in your own kitchen, and then walk to the venue, yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting perspective because you're in this home state of, okay, I'm safe here behind these walls, so I'm just going to do what I need to do. And when I walk into the walls of the competition, I'm going to show them my best. It's really different to land three days before a show to allow your legs to stop swelling and, and then, you, you know, you wake up and you prep your food for the next three days into the next show and then you go and you meet all these people who don't speak your language or they don't fly the same flag. And, you know, you, you, for me, it's almost a vacation every time where I get to see a new country and I get to meet new people and new experiences. It, the, the show feels different when you compete internationally and the camaraderie between people flying the same banner and going to these other countries and competing together with a common goal of bringing back titles to their country, not just to their house, but to be proud of where they come from and represent, you know, their colors is a really, really different feeling. It takes on a much more serious note during prep. And then afterward, it takes on a much more lighthearted, I earned this type of vacation when you see the country. Like, I'm here as an ambassador, and I'm here as, you know, uh, an athlete to show people, you know, what it really means to be a competitor, and I'm going to do so with class and style, and I get to see all these amazing things, as opposed to, well, I guess I'll go to the the jack-in-the-box down on Crenshaw and, uh, you know, go home, and then tomorrow I'll watch Captain Marvel in the theater that I go to every Friday. Like, it just... It means something different. So what I would say to anybody on the fence is travel international, go to a show that makes it, you know, a much bigger deal for you, and talk to veterans in the sport about how better to do that, how to prep your food, how to fly, how to compete in countries that may not speak your language. What are some countries that you shouldn't, you know, some shows in other countries you shouldn't pick 
because some of them really are local shows where they don't speak English, they've never had an English competitor, and they're not going to cater to you. So good luck trying to get your tanning done. Um, talk to the veterans in the sport who've been there so they can help you pick that right show. And when it comes to Team USA, that's what Veronica Malloy and I do. You know, outside of being her coach, she helps me out in terms of being able to wrangle everybody up and making sure that everybody's where they need to be and has the registrations they need and that, the you know, we always try to bring our own team tanner. And, uh, you know, John Suey's always helping people prep their foods or getting there early to shop for everybody. And it comes down to, you know, when you're on Team USA, you're with a group of people who are also traveling and also trying to win that title but also have the same pride for the same colors. It's helpful to have a team worth of people who uh, yeah. see everything the same way you do but also can experience the fun stuff after and during the show. Um, but if anyone's interested in Team USA, they can hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, basically, the qualifications are you have to compete and qualify at Team USA's. For any active duty or veterans that are with the DOD that can't do it because of deployments or anything like that, please feel free to reach out to me or Denny Kekos at the head office. We have extended invitations to veterans and active duty military members who can't make those because of obligations. Um, and then when we travel internationally, you get to wear your uniform, sport your colors, and bring the title back to your country. And at the, the Olympia, um, anybody with American citizenship who's qualified for Team USA, you know, we all get up on stage whether you've qualified or not, and you're always going to fly and be in that photo of the banner with us. Um, but it means a, a little bit different when you've got your titles um, embroidered on your arm of your uniform that you earned. So that's where I would start. Amen to that. And so you bring up a good point. And, guys, we didn't really have a chance to touch on this, but Brandon does have his own business. He does um, he does coaching. He's in fitness. And, uh, and if any of you are interested in learning more about Team USA or what Brandon does on his entrepreneurial side of his life, Brandon, where can they find you and reach out for more information? You can either reach out to me on Instagram. It's at BGF underscore Lirio, my last name spelled L-I-R-I-O. You can hit me or any of my trainers up on our website, which is bgfitonline, that's bgfitonline.com. Um, or you can hit me up on uh, Facebook. It's uh, my uh, personal page is just my first and last name. I'm the only one, and it's my photo from the Olympia. Um, or you can hit me up on my athlete page, which is, uh, I believe, it's um, – uh, PNBA professional bodybuilder Brandon Lirio. You can just put that in the search and it'll come up. All right, there you have it. Okay, Brandon, I do believe you have delivered on being one of our biggest shows of the year so far. And uh, here's the last question to round out this show. This one is from Sheldon. He says, This guy has a good head on his shoulders. I can see why he has done so much. What advice? does he have for the up-and-coming athletes and natural bodybuilding promoters? Brandon, last word on tonight. First of all, you don't need to blow up my head, man. I already have enough trouble getting through the doorframe. But um, what I will (laughs) say is this. Look, if you're new to bodybuilding, first of all, don't marry a federation just because it's close to you. And what I mean by that is if the NPC is the closest thing to you and you want to check out another federation – Check out a couple states around you. See if there's another federation that you would want to try. Also, why do you want to marry that federation? Do you trust their drug testing standards? Do you trust their 
judging panels when you look at the previous winners as it relates to their judges uh, criteria that's listed on their website. If you want to travel internationally, should you marry a federation that only has shows in your local area or do you want to travel to other countries? If so, find the one that has shows in other countries for you to travel to. Um, And then for promoters, what I would say is, look, yes, you really do want to make a living putting on professional bodybuilding shows. But to be honest with you, this moment that these people are going to have on stage is something they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. So if it means that you have to do something a little greater to make sure that their memory is that much a little greater, then that should be the first choice, period. All right, and there you have it. So with that being said, Kalen Patterson, do you have a last thought on tonight? Well, I think all the organizations would be so much better if they just all tried snickerdoodle protein. <laughs> uh, can I make it into a pancake for, for a question? Yes, can yes you can. A and a donut. And you a donut. can, you can. And even a mug cake. But you know what? You can do all of those things with chocolate whey as well. So... Brandon, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I know our listeners have been loving everything that you've been sharing. We're already getting requests to have you back, so we just may need to do that in the future if we can pin you down in the midst of your busy schedule. You don't need to pin me down at all. Anytime you want me back, you let me know. I'll be happy to spout some more of whatever it is I've been spouting to you for an hour anytime. (laughs) <laughs> awesome, awesome. And guys, and guys, listener land, don't forget, you can get more of Brandon um every issue, every future issue of Iron Man magazine, which is coming out in April, because as he said, he's got a standing column. So check that out, check him out, and behalf of and behalf on behalf of Brandon, the Olympia, international competitors, national, natural, national and natural bodybuilders everywhere. I'll even say Snickerdoodle team, the boys at P4P Muscle, Kaylin, you know, I have to say hashtag chocolate way for the win. But your body is a temple, so let's build it. Sneaky, sneaky. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.